where the Christian is in the meeting. Where my arm bad when you're supposed to be doing the job. Where the praise team worshipers when they're supposed to be praising like they're supposed to be. Where the preachers when they're supposed to be preaching like they're supposed to be. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I glorify your name. And I ask right now, Lord, that you would just strengthen brother and the sisterhood in this world that calls themselves Christians. And Father, I just honor you for this flock that you have given me who are dedicated to the cause, who try with all their heart and with all their might. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to lift these brothers and sisters up and help them because I know that they feel the pain of it all also. And I'm praying for them. I'm praying for my brothers and my sisters this morning. That they will stand even in the midst of all unrest. I pray for their strength to stand in spite of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap, please. I, I, I want us to go to the book of Second Kings this morning. Because we are in a dog fight as God does more and more with this ministry. He's doing great things. He is. We've got this uh, event coming up uh, in uh, January 8th, and God is going to do it. He's going to do it with or without, but he's going to do it. And that's what I like about God, that he's going to do it in, in spite of us. He's going to do it anyway. But here in the book of Second Kings, the 11th chapter, Second Kings, the eleventh chapter. Can we get that, please? Say amen. amen. Now, I want to read one verse, and then I want to elaborate a little bit. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. You know, in this life that we're in, church, you got people who will look you out of eye and tell you a lie. Can I get an amen? amen? And you know they're lying when they're talking to you. You know what? <laughs> you know why you know they're lying? It's because you know they track record. See, you don't listen to what people got to say. You look at what they do if you want to know where they are. And there's this thing that God has done in all of us. He has constrained some things in all of us. And somehow in this life, the things that God has put to rest in us and cut off from us, it finds a way to find itself back sometimes. And it finds a way to escape out of the prison that God has put it in. And when it does that, what happens is, is that man becomes overtaken again by certain aspects. Because what happens is, is that when certain things die in us, it causes other things to come alive in us and become unrestrained. And what it does, it goes and attacks that royal seed that's in us. And this is what's happening here. This, this, this woman named Athalia, which means God has constrained. Now, Athalia was the mother of King Ahaziah. And King Ahaziah means the one that God has seized. So you got two things here. You've got God constraining something and you've got God seizing something that really belonged to him in the beginning because this man was a king over Israel. The Bible says here that and when Athaliah 
God has constrained. When the mother of Ahazia, which is seed of God, saw that her son was dead. We know that the son is a builder. And, and, and we see here that this builder was dead. And when this took place, she arose. That means she got out of containment. She was constrained because that's what her name means. But when certain things took place, the death of her son, it caused her to take rise again. And her mission at that time was to destroy all the royal seed. You see, there are some things in us that are of God that this thing that's been constrained in us called the I-formation, self. When that thing becomes unconstrained, what it'll do is it'll try to kill off everything of God that's in you. That's what self is designed to do. If self is not constrained, self will destroy you, it will destroy me, and it will destroy everything that God has propagated for our lives. And too many times the church, we are allowing this thing to take us to the cleanest. It says here that she was Ahazia, he died. Well, first king, let's, let's, let's get a little bit of, of, of understanding here. Ahazia, he's the, actually, he's the king of Judah, which is he's the king of praise. But his praise, because of Athalia, his mother, it had become tainted. So God had to seize back and put it back in its rightful place. You see, it's a lot of things that we're praising, but it ain't God. It's a lot of things that we're worshiping in this world, but it ain't God. Why? Because we still stuck on stupid. We got a stupid spirit in us. And preachers don't preach no more about the real deal. What they do is they preach a social gospel, as Chair Deke says all the time, a socialistic gospel, which only touches on our emotions. So we preach this patent place gospel, and that's all the people want to hear now, is a patent place gospel. They don't want to hear a spiritual gospel. They don't want to hear God's true word. They just want to hear a patent place social gospel. Something that will play on one another's emotions so that they can jump and, and point fingers at somebody else when the preacher brings forth the word. But the kind of word we bring here is a spiritual word that makes us look at ourselves. Let's look at 1 Kings 9. 1 Kings 9. First Kings 9, 21. I'm going to read verse 21. I think it's First Kings. Could be Second Kings. Let me try it. Second Kings, excuse me. Second Kings. Second Kings 9, 21. I'm going to read verse 21, 24, and 27. Try to give you some background on this. Okay, are we there? Amen. Okay, this is what happened. Remember Athalia, son, Ahazia got killed, right? This is how it happened. And Jehu, which is God is he, Jehu, I'm, I'm coming out of uh, 2 Kings 9, verse 21. Starting at verse 21. Are we there? Amen. Okay. And Joram said, make ready. And his chariot was made ready. And Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, that's the one that got killed, king of Judah, went out. They went out together. They went in covenant. Each in his chariot. 
And they went out against Jehu, which is really they went out against God. Because Jehu means God is he. King Jehu was king of Israel. They went out against Jehu. Jehu was about to be king. And, and, and what happened was is that Joram at that time was the king of Israel and Ahaziah was the king of Judah. They went out together in verse 21 here and each in his sheriff. And they went out against Jehu and met him in the portion of Nabal the Jezreelite. Now look at verse 24. And Jehu drew a bow. Uh-huh. With his full strength. Y'all remember a bow in the cloud? The word Christ. God is he. God drew his word. He drew a bow with his full strength. See, when the word comes in full strength, it'll take off some things. It'll take it out. And he smote Jehoram between his arms, got him. He was the king of Israel. And the arrow went out at his heart, and he sunk down in his chair. Verse 27. But when Ahaziah, that's the Savior's son, king of Judah, the king of Judah saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house. And Jehu followed after him and said, smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the group, at the going up of Gur, which is by Abelium, and he fled to Megiddo, and he did what there? He died. Ahaziah died there. Now one thing King Jehu, when he became, because he became king, and he straight forth went and had dealt with Jezebel. That he's the one that told them to throw down Jezebel from that wall. And it's the dogs eat it because it had already been prophesied. And the dogs ate everything and left up her blood except her hands and her feet. Now, after she's all painted her face, you know, and tried to trick Jehu, and Jehu, he dealt with her. But one thing King Jehu was known for, everybody knew this fellow. Now, he wasn't king then. But one thing Jehu was known for is how he drove his chariot. Now that chariot represents his spiritual vehicle. He was known throughout Israel, all of Israel and all of Judah for how he drove his chariot. He drove it hard. Everybody knew him when he was coming from way over yonder. They say, that's Jehu. Nobody drove that chariot. I mean, he literally drove his horses in the ground when he was coming at you. He did not play. This guy did not play. And they said that they even said in the text here, as you read down through there, that hey, it's King Jehu, because we can tell by the way he's driving his chariot. You see, a man who's bona fide in God, everybody knows him by the way he drives his spirit. A person that's really known of God and by God, the people will be able to identify them by the way that chariot is driven. They know him. See, God has a certain chariot that he places all of his children in on individual statuses. That's why it don't do good to measure yourself among others and compare yourself among others. People that do that are not wise. So uh, the book says in 2 Corinthians 10.4, 2 Corinthians 10.4. Word of the Lord says here, for our weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 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 That's what takes place when we allow Athalia to be released in us again. Strongholds will come back. I want you to go back 
to 2 Kings, the 11th chapter. And I want us to look at verse 2. Because this is the basis of our scriptures today. In 2 Kings, the 11th chapter, verse 2, says, But Yehoshiba, which is the daughter of King Joram, sister, she's the sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stale him, that means she stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him, even him in his nurse, in the bedchamber uh, from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. The word of the Lord here knows, tells us that when Ahaziah died, Athaliah rose up to kill everything that was of a royal seed. She was killing off her own sons. She wanted everything dead, you see, because she had now been released from her containment. But what happened was is Joash, which is one of her sons, uh, which were one of the sons of Ahaziah, her son, who was really her grandson, they hid him. They stole him, and they hid him because what she was trying to do, she was trying to take over. And she was trying to kill off everything else. She was just like Jezebel, really. She wanted to rule that. Joash means whom God has bestowed grace upon her. So they stole him. And they placed him in the bedchamber, which is the innermost sanctuary where the spirit lies. They stole him and they hid him there from Athaliah so that he was not slain. I don't care what it is that you're going through in this world. And I don't care how many things die in you from the Spirit. There's this thing in you that God has bestowed grace upon that's always going to be hidden away, waiting for the time when God brings it forth again as king in your life. Nothing in this world can destroy what God has for you when it comes to that royal seed that God has placed in you. Because God has a place in you where the spirit lies and can't nothing touch it. Nothing. The soul can be destroyed. Your body, physical body can be destroyed. But that royal seed, that spirit, can't be touched. It's a hiding place. It's a hiding place. And it's waiting to come forth. In all of us. So verse 3 tells us, And he was with her, the nurse, hid in the house of the Lord for six years. And Athalia, look what she did. She reigned over what? Didn't I tell you she wanted to have rulership? She seized the moment. See, that's what Satan will do with us. Satan will wait until we get weak. And he'll seize the moment. That's right. mm -hmm. Satan will wait. And when he seizes that moment in us, he tries to kill every spiritual aspect that he can in you. That everything that's royal in you, he tries to destroy. Right. And see, and, and aren't you angry by now at the way this devil is doing us? Amen. He's sifting us like wheat. When I say us, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I mean, we are really on a stupid roller coaster. I mean, man, we don't nobody know what hardly nobody gonna do no more. You can't trust nobody no more. People won't stand in their positions no more. We don't know what to think no more. Does anybody else think like I think? I'm not on one. Nobody don't know who's going to do what. Everybody's not looking at me. Which one next? You know why? Because we done 
released a stadia in our life. She become unrestrained. In other words, Seth then got out of prison again. And when Seth gets out of prison, Seth got one mission. Kill off everything of God that's in you. Everything that's royal. You know why? Because it's that which is royal in you that will bring it in containment. And it knows that. And it don't want you to tell it what to do. Self, a failure, does not want to be kept in check. She's a helper. And she wants to kill us. She's no good. So now she's reigning over the land. And you know you got trouble now. Trouble in the church. Trouble at home. Trouble on the job. Just trouble. No peace nowhere. See, when Satan knew that he couldn't come up in the church no more and do it, what did he start doing? He started attacking the home. Get me. Tell the truth. But again, that's what the devil did. When we got a, when we got our kid, when we got caught on it, and wouldn't let him up in the church. Every time he get in the seat, we kick him, kick him out the chair. He went straight to our homes, did he not? Yeah. And that's where he found those that were weak. That's where he found. He tried everybody in here. Some failed the test against most good. So there's hope right there. Amen. Cause see, we knew what that we knew what was happening. Okay, I got you this time. I see you. I know what you're doing. So if that over there want to act a fool, that don't mean I got to act a fool too. If you got a fool in your house, that don't mean you got to act a fool with him. Go on, fool. Huh? Just act like it don't exist. How many of y'all ever done that? Amen. How many ever had it done to you when you acting the fool? Amen? Amen. Walk on by. See, you got more power than we think we got. So, it says here in verse 3, And he was with her peace, that which had been seized by God. He was with her, the nurse, he was being nurtured, in the house of the who? Lord. How many years? The season of man's limitation. See, when man gets to that place where he can't go any further, then God will take it up. In the seventh season. In the seventh season. So in this sixth season of man's limitation, he's at his end's width. He can't do no more. And all this time in this sixth season, Athalia had escaped and self was reigning in the land. She, was, she had been constrained, but now she was loose. And she was wreaking havoc in all the land, confusion, confusion. And verse 4 said, and the seventh year, the year of the perfect season of God in your life, in that year, Jehoiada, which means those that know God. You see, in that perfect season of God, those of us that know God, look what happened. Those of us that know God sent and set the rulers over hundreds and the captains and the guards and brought them to him into the house of the Lord and made a covenant with him and took an oath of them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. See, what happens is, is that even though a failure, self, is ruling in the land because she's unrestrained now, what happens is, is that there are still scattered particles of the royal seed in us along with the seed that's going to become the king. Do you understand? It's hidden away. But here's what we have to do. Remember, Jesus went down to Egypt? 
Remember to hide because they tried to kill him? Remember Moses? They tried to kill Moses and they hid him in the little bullock and put him in the river. See, every royal seed, hear me, church, every royal seed, the devil is going to try to kill it. When the man child was born, the devil was right there to try to consume it before it could get to the place that it needed to be in the book of Revelation. Because it knew that if it would have got that man child, we wouldn't have had a chance of getting our spiritual garment. But God took it up. And when he took it up and put it in protection, what did he do? Ever do? The devil threw out a flood of his mouth to try, and he went at the woman who produced it. That's us, the church. He went at her to try to take her back. Because he couldn't get to the man child. Every time there's a royal seed born, it has to go to a state of hiding out from the enemy. Amen. And it always hides out right among that physical body of what we call world. Right now in this world, God got him hiding out his royal seed. Right now in you and me, he's got things hidden out. And no matter what it looked like, God still is on the throne in your life. Amen. Amen. All we're doing is buying into the devil. The devil tricking us, making us think that, okay, this is really a bad situation. You know, chicken little, God's throne, nothing but acorn. We blew it up. You know, we blow it up because we meditate on it. See, see, Jesus said, whosoever keep his mind stayed on me, I will keep in perfect peace. But we won't do that. We allow other things to come in and we begin to meditate on it. And the more you meditate on something, the more it grows in you. That's why it says we're supposed to cast down every imagination and thought. Try to bring yourself up against the knowledge of God through Christ. Bring it into captivity. In other words, don't let that thing go no further. Stop it. So what happens is, is that all these at the right time, see, the rest of the particles of royalty couldn't come to see where the seed of the king was until that perfect season of God had came back. The seventh year. During the sixth year, nobody knew. But it, it, it was all silent. And it's, it's sort of like this, people. People will be quiet about wrongdoing until God sends a leader who will speak against it. And then it'll bring all the others together. People need leadership. We are a we are a creation that has to be led. Regardless of what you think or who you think you are, God has designed it that way. And that's why so many people are getting pimped by the leaders in government, in the judicial, the judicurus, in every music. I mean, it don't make no difference. Whatever your fancy is, you can be led by it. Somebody in it. And guess what? You're going to be led by somebody in it. And that's why we have to be very careful. So what happens is, is that in the seventh season, that perfect season of God, because what happened is man will go through that sixth season and he'll get beat down so bad until he's ready for the perfect peace of God to come forth. Oh, God will beat you in submission. Yes, he will, too. Yes, they will. See, most people, what they'll do is they'll come to church for a little minute. Yeah, they do. And then you won't see them no more because they think that they can do it on it. They think they don't need it no more. Ain't, no, ain't nobody committed to God. Very few people. That's why God said ain't nothing but a remnant going to get in. He meant that. God's word says the way is very narrow. And straight is the gate that leads to everlasting life. And few gonna go there in 
Fear. I say, fear. But we keep thinking God's word is something to play with. We keep telling each other a lie. Oh, I'm going to come to check. You know you lie. Lies. So God says, don't worry about them. Don't even go at that. Let that go wherever they want to go. What you do is you take care of those who want this thing. Because they're the ones whose souls need to be nurtured like that nurse nurtured that little seed. See, that's our job, nurture what we got. Dumb devils out there don't want nothing but what we give them. That's all they want. They don't want God. But we keep trying to make chicken salad out of you know what. And it ain't going to work. So why do we burn up and waste our time? Because after all, if the spirit of the Father don't go on, they ain't coming no way. So take what you got and rear it up. I'd rather have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight blessed ones than a room full of chaos and none committed. I'd rather have somebody who wants God's word. I'm talking about his real word. I'm not talking about that charismatic Christian thing that they got out here. I'm talking about God's real word. I want to minister to your soul with the word of God. And the only way that I can minister to your soul with the word of God is through that word of God. That's the only way. Any other way is like a thief and like a robber. I am not going to mix lies in with the truth to make people feel good. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Just to get people to come to church, I am not going to do it. If you're not here for the right reason, then you don't need to be here at HOD. Period. And that's that's straight true. You know why? Because God's ministry from HOD is still going out in the world. See, we still touching people alive. But we gotta realize who we are and whose we are in God. And what God is doing through us. So the word of the Lord tells us here in verse 5. 2 Kings, chapter 11, verse 5. God is about to give us some instructions here. Uh, is everybody there? Because he really wants to help us. See, God, don't you know that God grow weary of seeing his people hurting and pining? Don't y'all know that? You know if your pastor get weary of it, you know God get weary of it. Because it's so unnecessary. It's so easy to do this if your mind is in the right place. It's so easy. Troubles may come, but if your mind is in the right place, it's so easy because God will be the one doing it. Look at verse 5. And he commanded them saying, what? This is the thing that ye shall do. Sound like instruction. Uh-huh. See, that's what this church is about. Instructing you. Not with man's wisdom. But with this word here. God is fixing the... He, kept, he says it right here. This is the thing that ye shall do. You want to get that royal seed that's been hid out. It's a threefold thing here. It's a threefold thing here. We think you come up on three things, three thirds. Three thirds make a whole. We know that third means to accentuation of the spirit. It goes to another level. Another reason why we can't see what we need to see, where we need to see it, is because we aren't allowing our spirit to be accentuated or resurrected high enough. Don't you know we see further up top than we do down low? Too many of us are living below our means when it comes to God. 
And the reason we're living below our means when it comes to God is because we're running after everything else and it's, it, 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 it's disappointing us every time. But every time God gets us on the right road, we allow ourselves, not the devil, but ourselves to take us back in a place where we don't need to be. Every time. Only the strong shall survive. Only the strong win at this game. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. Say, this is the thing that you should do. Look here. A third part. Verse 5. A third part. 17, 11, verse 5. Middle of it, of the verse. A third part of you that enter in on the Sabbath shall even be keepers of the what? Of the king's house. You can't watch nothing unless you've been raised in your spirit. How you gonna watch anything of God? If you ain't raised up in your spirit, the only thing you're gonna watch is the things you want, right or wrong. And what did I say wrong? What, what, that's a failure. That's sick. You start watching things that you you become selfish. You just lost the game when you become selfish. When it becomes what I want, you just lost the game. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Lie. And you sitting there and you looking. And, um, and then right the next day, well, where is it? As if God ain't presiding over our conversation. And he's hearing everything that we say. Make no vow. He told you that. Don't make no quick vow with your mouth. And don't get a sacrifice of a fool. But when you tell God you're going to do something, say, when I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm really telling God because we brothers, we connected. Right? So God is in that. Yeah. He's in that. So really, if I tell you and don't, I'm telling a lie to God. I better hurry up and get that straightened out. Because now we connected, see? Parallel and vertical. Vertical, vertical, then parallel. So whatever flows now through you and I flows through him too. It's all. And he's weighing our action. So a third part. Verse 5 tells us that it's supposed to watch the king's house. Well, look at Matthew 26, 41. We're going to go to a few scriptures here about this watching the king's house. Watch. Let's go to Matthew 26, 41. Glory just for a minute. I learned a long time ago the scripture reveals scripture. Matthew 26, 41. Matthew 26, 41, all the way there. It said, we're talking about watching the Lord's house, right? Watch. Now, this is the Lord's house. This, this tabernacle. This real tabernacle. It says, watch and pray that who? You. Enter not into what? Temptation. The spirit indeed is what? But the flesh. So when the flesh become, which is weak, when it becomes unrestrained in your life, then it makes all of you weak. Because weak can't beget nothing but weak. You understand what I'm saying? So when the flesh is unrestrained, and it's already weak, it don't want to do right no way. The, the, the flesh don't care nothing about going to hell. All the flesh know about is that it won't what it wants. And it'll do anything and it'll make a covenant with Satan just to get Amen. what it wants. Amen. That's what the devil will do. And that's what the flesh will do. The flesh don't care about how it gets what it wants. Y'all hear me good? The flesh don't care about that. The only thing that the flesh is concerned about 
is how am I going to get what I want? And your thoughts are going to be on nothing else except how can I get what I want? Because now the flesh, a failure, is unrestrained. So now it's moving through the membranes of the essence of your entire being. So now it's telling you what to do instead of it being restrained. So the spirit is willing, but the flesh, it says, is weak. Now, let's go to Mark 13, 33, and 34. About, we're still talking about watching. Because after all, he said a third of them need to watch the house of the Lord, right? right. Which house our physical body is on. So, 13, Mark 13, verse 33. And verse 34, when you get there, please say. It says, take ye heed. That means you need to be careful. Take ye heed. Watch. Y'all see it? And do what? Pray. For ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servant. That's us. He left his house and gave us the authority and to every man his work. Every man. Did you see it? Everybody got a job to do. And commanded the porter to do what? Watch. Didn't he say over here in 2 Kings that a third of them have to watch the house of the Lord? That means that, and this is the house? And that third represents your resurrected spirit? You cannot see nothing in the spirit unless you are high. You cannot see what you need to see in God, which will make your life better if all the things that you can deal with are the things that are at the foot of the mountain. You can't see much coming at you from the foot of the mountain. You got to be up high. The Bible says, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. But we forget to do that because we're so locked in. See, instead of us being vertical-minded, we're parallel. We're on a plane, and all we can see is low level. Luke 21, 36, we're still talking about watching the king's house. Luke 21, 36. <clears throat> Luke 21, 36. Are we there? The word of the Lord says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always. Still talking about watching. That ye may be accounted what? Uh-oh. To do what? Escape all those things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. We better get to watching and stop playing church and, and start being in church. You see, though, the difference between church goals and church people, church goals come to church on Sunday. Church people live this thing. Church people have a connection with God. They live this thing. Church goers, they come on Sunday. They might come on Wednesday. They might. They keep saying, well, I'm going to church. No, you are the church. When you take on that mindset that you are the church, then the places that you go and the people that you meet they'll see that you are the church and they'll respect you that way. They'll respect you that way. I was at a thing last night at Clemson University. Man came over, brought drinks, brought Cokes to my wife and I because they knew not to bring alcohol. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's respect. But if you're sitting there doing the same thing they're doing, then how you going to do something in the Lord? Who you going to witness to? Who going to pay anything? What kind of power are you walking with? You're just like them. But God has called us out as a peculiar people. We're different. And if we were doing certain things back here, then over here we ought not be doing it now. That shows growth. It ain't all right to do drugs. It ain't all right to drink liquor. It ain't all right. Not if you're a child of God. So we're we, we gonna, we gonna dispel that lie. No, you either are or you're not. I've always preached straight truth in here. And that's all I'm gonna ever preach. That's why this place keeps clearing out. Because I preach straight truth. Because I'm concerned about people's souls. See, this thing is real. And God is not going to hold me accountable for your infidelity. Now, he might hold me accountable for mine if I don't get it right. But I don't know if I'm going to be held accountable for your infidelity because I didn't want to tell you the truth. Now, if you leave, that's between you and God. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Because it's the truth that will make you free, right? If you continue in my word. That's what he said. Then you're my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Then, conjunction to it. So there are three stages of resurrection. The first one is to watch the Lord's house. A third of them had to watch the Lord's house. I'm going back over here in uh, 17. But before we go there, let's go to Ezekiel 22.30. Go to Ezekiel 22, 30. Because I want to deal with this watching. Ezekiel 22, 30. Ezekiel 22, 30. Over there? Amen. Look what God is saying. God said, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the heads. Mm, God needs some protectors, some intercessors. And stand in the what? Yeah. Oh, man. Before me, for the who? Yeah. God needs some people that's going to stand in the gap and do some intercessory. Not for themselves, but for somebody else. Amen? That I should not destroy yet. But he said, I found none. You know why? Because everybody was captivated in their own little world. See, you can't get nobody to be committed to God no more. They might show, they might not. They think it's all right. But the Lord says that everybody got a job to do. I declared that to y'all. And he left that job with us. And when he said that, now, we don't know when he's coming back. So he said, you need to watch and pray. You see, everybody looking for the crack the sky. But see, he could come back and call you. Okay, if he come and he take your life today, then, then he came back then. Huh? <laughs> huh? He came back, didn't he? See, everybody waiting on you to crack the sky. What about if he should crack you today? Or me? Seems to me like he has a visitation. Huh? So it doesn't matter when he visits, you will and I will be visited. Now, when we are visited, leave your suitcase behind. You understand what I'm saying? Just leave that. No, you ain't packing nothing here. Whatever it is that you got and you did, come on. The Bible said there was no negotiation at that time and there was no discharge at that wall. Talking about death. Which all of us got to do. I'm just saying what the book says. I'm just saying that. So, regardless of how he visits us, we going to be visited. There will be a visitation. And guess what? There will be no negotiation. No. Play if you want to. Keep on playing church. Keep on. I tell you one thing. Your blood won't be on my hand. But I'm going to tell you the truth. And you ought to love me for I'm telling you the truth. 
The devil ain't done nothing but lie to you and made you miserable, but you don't hate him. That's a fun, we, we some funny things. Man is a funny specimen. Funny specimen. So, 2 Kings, the 11th chapter, verse 6, goes into another degree of, or another third, another part of resurrection. The first part of the resurrection is that we need to learn how to watch the house of the Lord. That's what it says, right? In verse 5. Correct? Because it said this sort of thing that, that you should do in verse 5. It's instruction. A third part of you, verse 5. 17, 11, verse 5. And he commanded them. He didn't ask them. He commanded them. Saying, this is the thing that you should do. A third part of you that enter in on the Sabbath. See, you got to enter in on the day of rest. You got to enter in at that time of rest that your spirit has been accentuated into the rest of God before you can watch God's house. In other words, you can't come up in here with a confused mind and watch nothing in God's house. Because you're confused. So you got to be at peace. And you got to be resurrected in this peace. Verse 6 talks about the second phase of the third. And a third part shall be at the gate of Sir. The gate of Sir is the place where those things have been turned off at. You know God's going to turn some things off in you? Some things have been turned off. Some things we used to do, we don't do no more. I hope. I didn't see too many amen, but I heard one or two. That's hope. But anyway, that's got to be what? That, that's how a failure got loose up in the first verse. That's how she got loose because nobody wasn't watching. A failure means to be constrained by God. But how many of y'all know that there have been some things that God has delivered us from and constrained us from, but it's done got out the cage again. Amen? The Bible says you got to set a Third watch over that. In other words, you got to have a spirit that's resurrected enough that it can see. See, we're always reading the word and looking at somebody else, but the word, you read it and then you look inside and watch you. Because you're the biggest danger to yourself. Not the devil. Not somebody else. Yourself. He says you need to watch and pray. That you enter not into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He's talking to you specifically as an individual. So there's some things that's been turned off. And a third part at the gate behind the guard. Look here. Another third. That's three thirds. A third to watch the house of the Lord. So you got to watch yourself. Another third will watch what's been turned off in you. In other words, those things that you've conquered in the Lord. You got to keep it turned off. Because that faucet will try to get turned back on. And a failure with yourself that's been constrained will take a rise on you. And now you're crazy again. You're back in the world. Doing everything that God took you back. <clears throat> so, but don't stop there. So now you're watching what God done turned off on you because now you got to know yourself. Because what self will do is, self tell you it's all right. But it's not all right. Because what that's doing is that's turning that faucet back on. If God took us from prostitution, then let's stay away from it. If God took us from drugs, let's stay away from it. If God took us from drinking, let's stay away from it. Because when we go back to it, see, what we're doing is we're going back and turning on that which God has turned on. So it's like, try to watch over there. You know, it's like, you know what, watch yourself. But then there's another watch. Look here. Verse 6. It says, and a third watch or a third part of the gate behind the guard. So you see, while you watching, while you setting up a watch over the house of the Lord, 
And while you're setting up another watch over that which has been turned off in you, now you got to set a watch behind that watch that's watching that that's been turned off. Because sometimes that watch that's watching that which has been turned off in you fails to do its job. So you got to watch. You got a backup mechanism. You got a safety valve. That's what the word says. Didn't the word say this is the thing that you should do? Ain't that what the word says? It's giving us instructions. And, 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 and am I on the right page? Right there with the word. I ain't got time to tickle your fancy. This is business for me. So the word of the Lord says in verse 6, and the third part shall be at the gate of Syria, which is that which has been turned off, and the third part of that, the gate behind the guard, which is guarding it. So ye shall keep what? Of the house, that it be not what? Oh Lord, now you're back in the world. Now y'all broken down. You see, God don't want that to happen. So he said, I want you to set a three-phase watch over yourself. Are y'all getting this? God said, I want you to set up a three-phase watch over yourself. I want you to watch this house of mine. I want you to watch the things that I have turned off in you because it don't want to be turned on again. And I want you to set a watch on that watch so that if that watch that's watching over those things that's been turned off on you, if it fails to do its job, because disciples, y'all know, are notorious at sleep, and Jesus said, could you not wait one hour? Could you not pray with me one hour? But they were sleeping. When the enemy came in and sowed, they were sleeping. And now you got tears and weeks. Now everything got to go. But if you hadn't been sleeping, then the enemy wouldn't have been able to come in. See, everybody always talking about, well, you got to let the wheat grow with the tears. Not if you, if you look up above that verse, you'll see that they were sleeping while the enemy came in. Our job is to watch. Our job ain't to be sleeping. So if you wasn't sleeping, you'd see the enemy when the enemy comes. And we deal with it within ourselves. And say, no, 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 you're trying to grow some tears up in me. So God doesn't want it broken down. Let's go here to... Uh, Verse 2, I mean, uh, verse 7. And two parts of all, that's covenant. And two parts of all of you, there's got to be a covenant between all of us that go forth on the Sabbath. In other words, we've got to have a covenant being covenant agreement that we're going to go and rest in God because the Sabbath means rest in God. Even they shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord. In other words, the only ones can watch over this house or this house are those that are of us who are of a covenant of peace with God and with one another. And God says that whosoever keeps my state on me, I will keep in perfect peace. So if you got confusion in your life, check where you, what you're meditating on. Check what you're meditating on. That's all you got to do. And verse 8 says, And ye shall compass the king, Give me about eight more minutes. Every man is weapons in his hand. That means that you got to be ready for war. And our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty. Through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Through this word. And he that cometh within range of the Now you got to be ready. You got to have that weapon, that word, in your hand, which is your power. So that when the enemy comes, look what happens to it. And he that cometh within the range, let him be what? Kill it. How do you kill it? With the word. Are you with me? You see it coming, you got to be able to kill it. You don't let that thing tell you what to do. No, you take this word and the power of it that you possess in your hand, and you say, uh-uh, kill it. That's what he's talking about. Let him slay, and be ye with the king as he goeth out, and as he cometh in. Verse 13. And when a failure, that's the one that's been unrestrained now, that's sick. 
when she heard the noise of the guard of, and of the people, she came to the people into the temple of the Lord. See, now, what's happening is, is that old self seeing a change in you now. Seeing you trying to do the right thing. And she hit a ruckus. Now, here she comes. Say, give him old self. Oh, no. You don't need to go to church. Have, have, have you ever had a place? Have you ever had a place where you were going to church at? And all of a sudden, you got tired of that because that, that just wasn't God. You know, you know the people are snobbish. You know, religion. Religion, you know. You know, they, 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 they all, they, they head thrown up in that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then you decide to come away from that and you want the pure word of God. Now all of a sudden them people that never called you, never studied about you, and then all of a sudden they start calling you. That's what's happening here. Soon as you go to do what's right, and soon as you want to get away from all of that, here they come. Here come self. Self will do the same thing. People will do it. Self will do it too. They weren't interested in you before then. You were just another one. Now I'm telling you, they interested in you. They didn't do that way, did they? Where you been? Did you that way? Where you been? You ain't worried about me before I wasn't going nowhere. Now I'm happy now here you too. Why are you worried about me now? Where you been? No, that's where I've been is where you need to come to. You need to get out of the insanity you in. Because this thing ain't about no fashion show. This thing ain't about God. It ain't about nothing else but the Lord. And if the Lord can't do it, I don't want it. I don't want it. So when, when you go to do good, he can say. And self will try to turn you around. That's a thing. Here she comes. She comes out because she won't know what's going on. Verse 16 said, and they laid hands on her. Wow. <laughs> uh-huh. That's some spiritual things in you. Laid hands on that old demon called self. Y'all know self crazy. And she went out by way by which the horses or the powers came into the king's house. And there she was slain. See, when self is taken out the same way that the powers of God come into the king's house, guess what? She'll be taken down. If she go in the other kind of way, she'll get away. But see, they took her and them horses through the powers that come through the way of the spirit. That's the only way that the horses of the king can come through is by way of the spirit because it represents the power. Took her out. Took her down. She was slain. And verse 18 said, And all the people of the land went into the house of Baal, and said, Oh, false worship in her, and break it down. His altar and his images. You know, the altars, the most physical things that we like. And the images. You know the most things you see on TV? Pom-pom girls, Arab brooks, look like there ain't no deficiencies in them. Images. The fine, flashy cars, images. The slick dudes, images. Images. Cast all that down. Cast it down. And them altars, where we're supposed to have spiritual altars putting spiritual things on, we done built up altars of Baal, carnal altars, and now we're putting our cars and our houses, our money, our college education. Now we call ourselves being among the elite. And the only elite are those in God. And the elite in God are servants unto all, according to Jesus. According to Jesus. Jesus said, I didn't come for you to serve me, but I came to serve you. I'm going to wash your foot. The reason I'm going to wash your foot because I got to teach you how to get your hands dirty. 
And once you go through the process, then God said you didn't pray for over these little things. Now come on up, I'll make you rule over many at this point in time. But you got to pass the test. And so many of us aren't passing the test. We're not passing the test. One more scripture. One more scripture. The Bible says right at the end of 18, verse 18, that and the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. And verse 20 says, and all the people, not some, but all the people of the land rejoiced. And the city was quiet. So it's a good thing when we're up in here wanting God. See, the whole city rejoiced, the people. The city represents our encounter that we have with God. You see, when we're all of one accord, the people of the land rejoice, and the city was in quiet, and they slew Athaliah, that old self, with the sword, which is the word of God, beside the whose house? King's house. King's house. I want to thank God this morning for all of you. I seen other kids coming out of there and it's just a blessing seeing them children. It is. Because they are our future. Without them, we don't have nothing. But I'm finished. And I pray to God that y'all have gotten something out of this word. I pray to God. Brother, come on up.